what's going to make the biggest difference to every party and get together? The Lemonade Stand, Cantaloupe's, Merit, and Salmon Arms Premium Smoke and Vape Shops, helping people smile seven days a week till 10 p.m. Next to Adults on Tronquil Road. It's Friday, it's after 4.30, and that means it is time for this week's edition of Cannabis. In this segment, I take a look at the world of cannabis and try to highlight what people are doing in this somewhat new and quickly growing industry, pun intended. I look at new business ideas, innovative uses for cannabis products, how they can benefit people medically and mentally, and also help shine a spotlight on Canadian entrepreneurs. And this week, I wanted to take a dive into some recent news in the cannabis world, and I'll start with some big news today out of Washington. The House endorsed a landmark retreat into the nation's decades-long war on drugs, voting to remove marijuana from the federal schedule of controlled substances and provide for the regulation and taxation of legal cannabis sales. The vote was 228 to 164 and marked the first time either Chamber of Commerce has voted on the issue of federally decriminalizing cannabis. The measure is not expected to pass into law and, due to political skittishness, it was only voted on after the November election and more than a year after it emerged from committee. But the House took a stand at a moment of increasing momentum with voters last month opting to liberalize marijuana laws in five states, including three that Donald Trump won easily. Today's vote, however, was for the most part along party lines, with Democrats voting overwhelmingly to support the federal decriminalization bill and all but five Republicans broadly opposing it. Republican Earl Blumenauer said... We are not rushing to legalize marijuana. The American people have already done that. We are here because Congress has failed to deal with a disastrous war on drugs and do its part for the over 50 million regular marijuana users in every one of your districts. We need to catch up with the rest of the American people, end quote. So some are warning that Republicans risk finding themselves out of step with their own voters who are increasingly embracing the loosening of marijuana restrictions, including outright legalization. An example would be in South Dakota, where on Election Day, 54% of voters opted to legalize marijuana, while only 36% of voters actually chose the Democratic presidential ticket. In Montana, the 57% who voted to legalize marijuana nearly matched the number who voted to re-elect Trump. And in Mississippi, it became the first state in the Deep South to legalize medical marijuana use, with 62% of voters approving a ballot measure in a state where Trump won 58% of the votes. 15 states have now authorized some form of recreational cannabis legalization, while 36 states have approved medical marijuana programs. That's according to the National Conference of State Legislatures. So decriminalizing marijuana at the federal level would not end the vast majority of cannabis use prosecutions, which happen in state courts, but it would end troublesome conflicts between state and federal law for those states that have loosened pot restrictions and greatly ease commerce for the multi-billion dollar cannabis industry. Again, important to note that this is not likely to pass into law, but nonetheless, a very positive step when it comes to marijuana rules in the United States at the federal level. The next big topic this week, 
The UN Commission on Narcotic Drugs took a number of decisions leading to changes in the way cannabis is internationally regulated, including its reclassification out of the most dangerous category of drugs. In reviewing a series of World Health Organization recommendations on marijuana and its derivatives, the CND zeroed in on the decision to remove cannabis from Schedule 4 of the 1961 Single Convention on Narcotic Drugs, where... It was listed alongside harder, more destructive drugs, including addictive opioids such as heroin. The CND's 53 member states voted to remove cannabis from the strictest control schedules that even discouraged its use for medical purposes. So this move, it opens the door to recognizing that medicinal and therapeutic potential of the commonly used but still largely illegal recreational drug exists. And the decision could also drive additional scientific research into the plant's long-heralded medicinal properties and act as a catalyst for countries to legalize the drug for medicinal use and reconsider laws on its recreational use. Let's move on to some wacky weed news, shall we? One of the most significant Russian archaeological findings of the late 20th century was the discovery of the Siberian Ice Maiden. That was uncovered in 1993 at a grave site in the Republic of Altai, the mummy, which dates back to the 5th century BC. An MRI scan revealed that the Ice Maiden died of breast cancer, but archaeologists have recently discovered a pouch of cannabis buried alongside her and have suggested that she was likely using cannabis to cope with her pain. The discovery was made in the Ukok Plateau near the border of China, where archaeologists found what is believed to be the earliest recorded use of medical cannabis, which would be some 1,500 years ago. Let's move to the world of sports. The National Basketball Association will reportedly continue its policy of not testing players for cannabis when the 2020-2021 season begins later on this month. When the NBA resumed play following a four-month hiatus due to the COVID-19 pandemic, it refrained from testing players for a number of recreational substances while competing in the Orlando bubble. Those substances included MDMA, cocaine, and cannabis. And apparently, at least some of that policy adjustment is going to continue into this season. It was noted that the decision earlier was motivated by COVID-19 safety measures and reducing unnecessary contact with players. But with four more states voting to legalize cannabis last month and the majority of NBA teams competing in states where recreational or medicinal cannabis is legal, momentum is building to eliminate cannabis testing as a standard policy in the NBA altogether. And I would think that other sports, like the NFL, should probably be looking to follow suit. Sticking with the world of sports, cannabis was front and center this past weekend as Mike Tyson returned to the boxing ring for his first fight in 15 years. First off, the pay-per-view event was sponsored by Weed Maps, but beyond that, Tyson admitted that he had smoked weed prior to the bout with Roy Jones Jr. The fight, which took place at the Staples Center in Los Angeles, was an exhibition match, and though the fighters were tested beforehand, cannabis was not considered a substance of concern. Listen, I can't stop smoking, Tyson said, adding that he smoked again after the fight and before meeting with reporters. He said, quote, I just have to smoke. I smoke weed every day. And there's a little peek into the life of Iron Mike, one of the most ferocious boxers ever. Here's a funny one for you. A UK man attempted to hide from police after being suspected of cannabis dealing, but... His dog had some other plans. The pooch led officers directly to his 32-year-old owner after he tried to evade arrest by hiding in a bush. So here's the story. An officer pulled the man over after he overshot a turn and the officer noticed an unsecured dog inside the vehicle. As the officer approached the car, the cop says he smelled cannabis and the suspect appeared to be somewhat impatient. Well, 
On the back seat, inside of a lunch bag, police found individually packaged cannabis with an estimated value of $1,200. The man, well, he fled the vehicle, sprinting down an adjacent roadway. Officers went after him. So did his dog. Police eventually made an arrest after finding the suspect hiding in the bushes of an apartment parking lot. And who do you think led them there? Yes, it was the canine himself. A further search of the vehicle also led to the discovery of a knife and hammer in a glove box. Police also recovered a pair of cell phones, which contained evidence of drug dealing, and they found $1,000 in cash. Ryan Coleman pleaded guilty to possession of cannabis with intent to supply and possession of a bladed article. Last one here, a California man. He's not too happy. Well... Maybe he is pretty happy because he could have injured himself a whole lot worse. An unidentified 20-year-old man was cleaning up a former cannabis grow-up when he found a gun and accidentally shot himself in the leg. The man later reported to police that he was cleaning a property on Thanksgiving Day when he found the firearm. And somehow, the gun accidentally discharged, causing the injury. So police heard that the man's father was taking him to a nearby hospital and went to the hospital to investigate what had occurred. While a sheriff's department spokesperson says the man, who is recovering, could not provide the exact location of the former grow-up. So the spokesperson says, quote, Clearly there are some holes to the story, but we are only able to do so much when we have uncooperative victims and witnesses. Of course, if anyone has information indicating that this was not accidental, then they are encouraged to call police. Maybe don't accidentally shoot yourself in the leg. This has been Cannabis, brought to you by The Lemonade Stand. Visit any of The Lemonade Stand's three locations for all your smoke needs. You can find them at 259 Tronkeel Road in Kamloops, 2013 Kilchenna Avenue in Merritt, 420 Trans-Canada Highway in Salmon Arm, or find them online at LemonadeStand420.com. The Lemonade Stand, the interior's favorite smoke shop. Let's get this party started. Your first stop should be the Lemonade Stand, Kamloops, Merritt, and Salmon Arms Premium Smoke and Vape Shops. Helping people smile seven days a week till 10 p.m. Next to adults on Tronquille Road.